0: You're listening to Experts in Their Field, a podcast from the Agricultural Science Association, generously sponsored by Ulster Bank.
1: Hello, listeners. My name is Anne-Marie Butler, and I'm the president of the Agricultural Science Association. I'm delighted to welcome you to this, episode four in our ASA podcast series, Experts in Their Field. In this episode, ASA Council member Barbara Keatley was delighted to catch up with Paul Brophy of Paul Brophy Produce in Kildare. Paul is Ireland's largest broccoli grower. In this podcast, Paul brings us on a wonderful journey from sowing seeds in sixth class to the successful accomplishment of a scholarship to attend Warrenstown College, where he was most fortunate to meet a mentor, Brother O'Hare. This podcast is truly a story of horticulture and Paul's commitment to entrepreneurship and science. We wish Paul and his family every continued success into the future.
2: Welcome all, my name is Barbara Keatley and I work in the fresh produce industry with Total Produce. We work alongside Irish growers and import outside of the Irish season. Today we are chatting to Paul Brophy and as Amory mentioned, Paul is the largest broccoli grower in Ireland. Thanks for your time today, Paul as I know you're still busy harvesting. No problem. Paul you've a really interesting story on how you got to where you are so maybe we'll start there and give us a background uh, on how you got into growing and why broccoli.
0: Okay well I suppose it started back uh, when I was about 12 years of age Um, I was in sixth class in school and uh, the teacher that we had at the time was a, a very very fanatical gardener, and uh, there was a hardware closing down in the town, and he was given the seeds uh, to they were going to be thrown out. He was he was going to give them out to students in the class. He arrived into the classroom, and he um, he asked, had anyone a garden at home? Nobody put up their hand. Would anyone like to start a garden at home? So three or four of us put up our hands, and he handed us out a couple of packets of seed each, and um, I was given Brussels sprouts um i was given carrots and parsley and um i brought them home and asked my dad could i dig up some of his lawn and start a vegetable garden now probably if my son to me today i'd say no but dad was always very open and and encouraging on entrepreneurship and he he gave me a a plot the size of a grave and uh, allocated around the back of the garden and said you can dig up that and um uh, you can sow your seeds in there so I, um, I had to, to plant the tree crops, and I suppose what really hooked me was the one that didn't grow. We grew some sprouts, which we had for Christmas that year. The carrots, probably saw them a little bit tickly, and um, they were sort of twisted around each other, but they still produced tasty little carrots, and uh, the parsley didn't grow. So there was no internet back then, and I had to go and join the library and get a book by a man called Percy Trower and look up, um you know, a, all about why uh, seeds grow and don't grow and I think actually my mistake was I sold them a little bit deep and um, anyway uh, I became hooked on the whole concept of uh, I suppose growing stuff in the garden and um for my 13th uh, birthday uh, Christmas come Christmas present I got uh, an 8 by 4 glass house from Lenhans Hardware in Cable Street and that started the whole I suppose um Story of horticulture because the farm was a mixed farm and uh, dad was cattle, sheep, and tillage and um uh, I suppose he, he never had 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 any experience in in the, the growing of any vegetable crops and I suppose when I turned about fifteen or sixteen I had decided my career was going to lie in horticulture and I got a scholarship to Warrenstown College where I went in most of the students would have had a background in horticulture and uh, I hadn't and I was Uh, the head of horticulture at the college was Brother O'Hare, Brother James O'Hare, who became, I suppose, an inspirational figure in my life in his encouragement of entrepreneurship and his approach to horticulture and his skill set that he he just loved to transfer, you know, that skill set to the students. And he always said his mission in life was to impart knowledge to students. And he did that in in an exceptional way, I, I believe. And also an ethic of of hard working and 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 that stands to me to this day um when i finished in the college i was offered a position working in the college running some of the demonstration plots uh for the students and um i took the job and that was in the june when i when i finished was a two-year uh certificate course it wasn't a diploma in horticulture and uh Brother O'Hare was encouraging me to go back and do the degree, to, I suppose, to join the the, um, the the teaching staff in the college. However, I, I was more a practical person. I enjoyed the, um, the practical side of it more than the academic, and um, I, I was more keen to stay uh, as, um, as on the technical side of it. So I was working away there until about uh, Christmas, and my dad contacted uh, brucellosis and he asked me would I come home and destock the farm of the cattle species so I, I agreed Brother O'Hare gave me um, leave of absence until March and uh, I went back but about middle of January I wasn't getting any payment and I was a bit sort of myth that uh, I'd left a paying job and I was home here uh, doing work for nothing and working hard uh, in, in, at the time, just working on on the stock and the, the the sheep side of the farm, so I had to broach the subject with my dad, and he said, you know, uh, I, I I left a paying job, and you know, I I, I have expenses now, a small car I'm running, and um, I give my mother, you know, digs for uh, money for digs, and you know, I have I, I need a few drinks in the rugby club or whatever at the weekend, so I. Uh,
2: well, always I, an awkward conversation to have, but absolutely, be done. yeah,
0: yeah. Has to be done. But uh anyway Dad broke the news to me that the farm was in severe financial uh difficulty and uh there was still four of the children in full time education and he was struggling financially to keep it viable. So I, I put a proposal to him uh that instead of paying me, he if he gave me the use of five acres of land uh, for a year to try a project, a pet project, growing I suppose a a mixed range like like a a mixed market garden with, with with a full range of of crops in it, and he agreed to to that, and Brother O'Hare agreed to give me a year's leave of absence, a full year's leave of absence, and and it gave me a chance I suppose to pursue without huge risk to to my um, career at the time. I you know I was a very young man; I was only twenty years of age at the time, and. Um, I t- took the the opportunity, and I, I suppose it hasn't been a, an overnight success. Thirty seven years in the making, but it was a slow burner, but a steady burner. And you know, I've been through recessions, and I've been through um, uh, booms and busts, and we've we've always come out the, the the other side of it, right? And I suppose you know the um the one thing I learned very quickly, and you know, if I have a regret, was probably that. I made the mistakes at my own financial cost in my, out of my own pocket and I started to notice some crops were doing exceptionally well on the soils and the, the climate that we have in Kildare where it's a little bit colder uh, in the in the winter but warmer in the summer and I, I realised that bro- broccoli as a crop grew very well along with, with, with summer autumn cauliflower and the cabbages. And I suppose there were easier businesses to get into than the root crops. So there was heavy investment in capital equipment. Because if you remember, we were a farm that didn't have much in the way of tillage equipment. We had a plough and a sprayer and fertiliser spreader, but we didn't have specialist horticultural equipment. So I suppose it was an easier one to get into the, 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 the likes of, of, of a crop like broccoli. We just had to buy a transplanter. And back in those days, we didn't have refrigeration we used to actually take saturdays off work on a sunday and have the product fresh monday then to the following saturday so that uh, delivered on, on a saturday so we we would have uh, worked around uh, uh, the, the the challenges that i suppose somebody that goes into the business today has to sort of have much higher i suppose entry standards and the barriers to entry are far higher today for yeah. a new business starting off and it, i suppose i i slipped in Sort of uh, in the back door really you know and and um, but that's the most the business were that way and even you know harvesting was done in the fields into into plastic bags wasn't it wasn't even crates and and, and and boxes back then so it was it was a lot of hard work and it was a lot of physical work but it was good for keeping and, me and in now so much
2: more expected from the customer you know in regards to well obviously the whole temperature chain through and the, the packaging element as well. Back then, everything would have been loose, you know, so there's a lot of work and expense added to that. Um, Because you would have started, obviously, so you've gone from probably two hectares, would it be, up to near... 240 250 hectares now is it exactly
0: yeah just close on 250 now yeah so it's been a big expansion over. yeah the years. big
2: big big jump well, inter- incrementally
0: though barbara it wasn't you know something that i didn't go from you know two hectares to a hundred hectares and you know yeah. that was a safe way of, of of expanding the business and you know de-risking you know taking a big big shot at 50 exactly
2: hectares yeah no. yeah no, we just mentioned
0: the a- yeah the Sorry. other thing about broccoli as, as a crop it, it when I latched onto it, it was one of the ones that was was growing market share, probably at the expense of cabbage and sweet turnip or something. And it became a very popular vegetable when cool chain uh, facilities went into stores and into the supply chain because it it, it doesn't stand well if it's not um put through a cold chain distribution but once that came in sales of it rocketed and it's a convenient vegetable to to sell so i suppose i I piggybacked on an expanding market which made i suppose expansion a little bit easier that i didn't have to win market share it was a growing market that was expanding true yeah with the
2: nutritional value it's it's going up and up like it's probably the most popular veg sold today just due due to the nutritional value um, nice. Just you mentioned earlier on there, you know that your teacher giving you the seeds, and then Brother Brother O'Hare in Warrenstown. Who along the way would would have influenced you into doing what you're doing?
0: Well, Brother O'Hare, without a doubt. I mean, he'd be he'd been an inspirational figure. He's in his nineties. I still go to visit him today. He's in a retirement home for the Salesians in Selbridge, and I sit down and we we get lost for three hours chatting about. He loves, he relishes success of students and he really loves to hear that, the, the good news stories and, you know, his clarity at 92 years of age is, is stunning, to be honest with you. He remembers things a year later when I sit down to talk to him about something I'd said the previous year. He, he's been interested, and my father as well, for the encouragement that he gave me. I mean... I certainly wouldn't have had a, an op- as open a mind as, as, as he had. and He actually retired from conventional farming and he came to work for me and loved it. And he's alive today, he's 95. The first question he'll ask when I walk in is, what are you at today? And <laughs> still he's checking deal.
2: your work in Paul.
0: Absolutely. And he'd see yeah. a, a tractor going by, he sits in the front porch reading the paper and he'd say, well, oh, you were busy. There was a lot of trucks going in and out today or a lot of traffic. Yeah, but very,
2: very spot, forward thinking, you know, and because it, it totally different to what he was used to, but yeah, obviously embraced yeah. it, embraced it very well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It yes. was, just, was just great. And, you know, it it, it, it it, would, when you'd have bad days and you'd, you'd sort of be feeling down, there was many bad days, particularly in, in, in the early years where you sort of wondered, were you doing the right thing? And yeah. you know, financially, I wasn't taking as much out of it as... Because I was trying to build the business, as some of my friends and they were going on their continental holidays, and I was staying. At yeah. home. Sometimes he'd sit down and say, "God, am I mad?" And what I'm doing, you know, and, and uh, he he'd always have been encouraging and say, "You know, sure, take your holiday there. Sure, we can look after things." And and you know, he he was delivering up. To, he was in his 70s and he was still doing deliveries for me you know we had to, have to like, force him into retirement in the end so yeah he would have inspired me as well um, yeah. but Brother definitely was the biggest inspiration I think
2: um, very good Um, the layout when you're talking about that the layout of your year obviously you tried the sprout seed and luckily for you it didn't work because that will take up your Christmas holidays but like the layout of your you, obviously the the Time of uh, harvesting is June to say you'll be finishing up now next week or the week after. But what else would your would take up your year? Obviously, you'll get a bit of time off at Christmas. But if you yeah. just explain to people how the layout of the, the 12 months look look like for you.
0: Yeah okay the, the the season for broccoli is mid June to mid November and you alluded to at the start there we grow a little bit of cabbage it's really just to keep a little bit of work over the winter for the permanent staff but it's not a big crop in our Robertson it's it's about uh, 15 hectares out of the whole uh, production but uh, I suppose my year starts the first week in January actually and we start sowing the seed in uh, grow houses um for the for the following years or that year's crop and um but that's the area of work that's what we call nursery base so they take 10 or 12 weeks they're ready for planting out in the fields around middle of March and um we would um we'd be sowing every week to get a succession of harvesting from mid-June to mid-November so yeah our our really busy season is is probably the busiest period is is actually mid-June to the end of July because you're actually sowing uh, and planting and your harvesting at the same time you're in time. the heights
2: of the but, harvesting then yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah and then we that's the six busiest weeks and from mid-november till the end of december first week in january that's our quietest six weeks and i encourage some of the full-time staff i give them extra time if they take time off and um uh, you know try and limit them that the key staff that to take a little bit less in the summer and more in the winter and some enjoy doing you know, some full-time polish people and um, that are in, on the technical side of the staff me and they really relish that they love to go home to poland and they spend four weeks in poland i don't miss them because we're not busy they get some really good quality time with their families and you know staff i suppose it's it's one of the key yeah. things because a labor intensive business you know it's 35 to 40 percent of our our costs and it it is the it's the whole it drives the whole business if you have happy staff and good staff you know you get productivity but you get it you get the job done well and i can't emphasize enough how important you know the, the staff we have and i have some people there and are with me but the farm manager and um, is is with me for for um I think he's 22 or three years with me now. That's Pat, uh,
2: is it?
0: Yeah and then yeah. You, you take some of the Polish people that are in the technical roles and they would have their degrees in horticulture, 15-20 uh, years uh, service and happy in the job but you know it, it's not always about money either and some of those things like the extra time off uh you know, money is important but the time off is, is important to them too and that works for them as well yeah
2: and and it works in with your business model yeah i know exactly it's yes. great because yeah, quite often yeah, you know yeah, but, especially this year I suppose staff staff is an issue and that's where you value the people that stay with you and come back year on year
0: yes and i mean even the harvesting staff they they're the romanian people and they return year and year and their families their their husbands yeah. and wives Wife working in the pack house, the husband working in the fields, and it works quite well for us because you get a little bit of stability. of one's a bit lonely, the other perks them along, and yeah we we encourage them to find the people for us um, that we're not depending on the agencies, and they explain the roles to the people that are coming in, so they understand if you're in the fields, you're out in all weathers, etc. So, yeah, you you have to become very sensitive to the to the needs of the people and. and you know, pandering a little bit to them now because it's it's an employees market at at the moment. Yeah. It's hard to get people and hope you know, you need to cherish the, the good ones you have. True, um, true.
2: And um, other challenges, then obviously staff, you know, is a challenge, but like you know, because you're the general manager of your own business, you're obviously expected to do everything from, you know, the the banking end to the HR end to the I know you have passion um the lads you know to help on the cropping end but that's quite difficult obviously because you're expected to be the jack of all trades but in regards yes. to challenges then you know that you see in the future obviously weather is always going to be a challenge Um brexit you're somewhat protected i suppose from because you're it's only sold domestically but what else do you see a challenge going forward if any
0: I'd say the biggest uh, ch- challenge for us is going to be climate change because climate change will drive lots of different things. The, uh, the consumption even of the product, if we start getting very hot, warm summers, you see the consumption of the cooking vegetables, you know, drop dramatically. And we see it if you get a hot week you know the, the demand for broccoli drops the salads rise yeah. you know we could have a longer growing season we could have longer wetter periods which don't, doesn't suit broccoli so you have to adapt your business if things are going to change you have to be really mindful of, of what's going on around it one of the biggest challenges i had was scaling the business and getting you know to the scale to justify having the full-time people that they could re- remunerate at, 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 at you know a correct rate and that was a big challenge and it's it's probably the biggest challenge going forward is for, for, for new entrants and we need new entrants you know because yeah. you know uh, it, it, it's not all about getting 100% of the business here ourselves we won't achieve that we don't probably want to achieve it you know it needs to be um, spread out among a couple of growers for, I suppose, de-risking point of view from the, the, the consumers. They don't want that we had a big weather event in Kildare. And, yeah, and so many
2: elements, on staffing elements, on weather, on disease yeah. in a crop, you know, you need to obviously spread the risk a bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. so it's it, it, suppose climate change is this making. Brexit isn't, if, if anything, Brexit could be an opportunity for us. yeah. 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 So, yes, yeah, so I suppose it's, uh, and
2: in regards to your business then i know you have I think, three children at home don't you
0: yes correct yeah anybody showing uh, any
2: interest yet
0: no well my eldest girl is in australia she's done a business degree and um i've a uh, my middle guy's son he's uh, doing engineering and the youngest is doing her leave in none of them expressed an interest to come back they've all worked the summers in it and you know are very very good they've a they've, they've good work ethic and uh, I won't, you know, I won't push them to, to to join in the business. I'd like them to go and work away for a few years and bring back, yeah. you know, some of their experience if they if they so wish. But um, I'd be planning that they're not going to come into it. And that's being honest, because it's not an attractive business. There's long hours. It's hard work. It is intensive, but I like that time the way it works for me with the time yeah. off the uh, you know, winter months um but you know if they if they come back I'd hope I'd be like my own dad and encourage them back in but not you know not question everything they, d- they do because yeah that's what not I'm push
2: asking. them in and let yeah. it be their decision I suppose yeah <laughs> and um, obviously you've achieved a lot you know bringing the the size of the scale you have you know at the moment what would you think would be your you know overall your greatest achievement so far obviously your family of course but other than that what would you see as your greatest
0: yes. achievement to date? Um, I would say, well, when I I, I, I was banking with, with, with uh, NIB when they closed and I switched to Ulster Bank. And that was my first uh, uh, meeting with Anne-Marie Butler. And she encouraged me, and against my wishes, I didn't really want to do it. She encouraged me to, to enter the Ulster Bank Business Achievers Award. And we won the uh, overall Irish Agri-Business Award and you know, that was in 2017, and it was a huge, huge uh, accolade for us. We really thought, you know, uh, I suppose it was a lot for my self-confidence and self-belief that, you know, here was an independent set of judges, you, you know, uh, looking at our business and how, how we had grown it. And I suppose the other one was I went back myself, per, per, a personal thing was I went back to UCD Smurford College and I did a, a master's in business leadership and management practice for over three years, and uh that that was graduating uh, a year before my daughter um, was a big achievement yes. for me. Um, yeah, so yeah, they were two probably highlights in in, in my life apart from family and yeah, um, and that. And, very very
2: yeah. good. Um, just I'm, I'm conscious of the time, so I'm just going to basically finish off really with you know a question on if you were to do it again or you know would you do anything different and like what is your you know favorite part of your job at the minute and what do you love doing?
0: I love I love working in the nursery uh, where you control all the elements you know you put on the heat when you need to you close the vents when it's too windy and you're in complete control to I suppose express your horticultural skills to the best of your ability and that control is i just if i was to retire and take a a semi-active role in the business now maybe i'd be best out of it but if i was to take a semi-active role that would be the role i would pick um and would i do anything different yes i'd go and work for somebody else to gain the skill sets at their expense and glean their knowledge in practical horticulture because when in warrenstown i learned the theory uh, and, you know, got a fantastic grounding in the theory of it. The business side of it is so different. And, you know, I made mistakes growing crops when I shouldn't have been growing them. And I look back now and I laugh at, at how, you know, naive I was and some of the mistakes I made. But I had to make them, you know. And, yeah, and
2: everybody does. That's how you learn. If you
0: learn from them. Yeah, if you learn from them, they're not mistakes, you know. No, exactly. Um, I suppose, you know, where's the business going? Um, I, I, I think you're going to see your continued swing to locally, produce, locally sustainably produced uh, produce, I, I think um, that's that's going to be a, a complete, uh, I'd say, a prerequisite from our customers going forward. And uh, areas of, of you know future growth, the organic side of the business, I think um, you know. That definitely there's there's an expansion in that and, and the, the rise in, in, in plant-based diets you know bodes well for our industry mm. it's it to, you know uh, but um you know i suppose we have to be mindful of the, the impact of climate change and the challenges that's going to cause and and the environmental impact of our business and, and we must be very very mindful of that you know yeah. when we're preparing any sort of a business plan that you can stand over everything you're doing and mitigating any you know any impact that you have as a business because it will become an absolute requirement and yeah. I, I see legal moving changing that you'll you'll have to put something on your label that you you know whether it's a colour coding system that you know you've done it, it's locally produced that ticks one box if if it's organic it's it's even better you know and. and all of this, the consumers, the, 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 the young people today, they're the purchasing decision makers of tomorrow and they are so savvy and so clued into what's good and what's good for the world and the environment they mightn't have the best work ethics as regards getting them to work in the field because we're challenged to get Irish people to work in our business but I can tell you they're well informed and yeah they're
2: not they're they're not afraid to to um, give their opinion as well which is good because that'll drive it that'll drive it further yeah and quicker Yeah, no, really interesting, Paul. It's lovely to hear your story. We we might just, I'm just conscious of time, so we might finish off on that note. Um, you know, it just really the whole idea of today was to chat through how your journey started and people along the way influence it. I know your teacher and brother O'Hare. And sometimes people are influenced by, you know, meeting or talking to people that they mightn't realise influenced decisions. Um, so it's great to hear your story. You're really passionate about what you do and um, that's that's half the battle and the rest is obviously all the work ethic and you have a great team behind you so thanks a million paul for your time and um we'll catch up again and we from asa really appreciate it thanks a million
0: thank you barbara thank you